is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And coming up, we're going to be talking about how lithium mining can be worse for the environment than gasoline, which is, of course, a surprise to no one who's been paying attention to the thing. Also in the news today, self-silencing. Americans are more hesitant than ever to talk about their actual beliefs with one another. And this is sort of surprising to me because this is what sort of led to the the surprising revelation that Donald Trump won the presidential election back in 2016. There was this widespread understanding that people didn't want to share their actual political beliefs because they would be chastised but once they were actually inside the voting booth and there was no one there to judge them they were able to speak their minds freely which as it turned out was support for donald trump and i would have thought that people learned their lesson from that that you know it was it was better to speak freely than to keep these thoughts to yourselves but evidently they didn't and we're also joined by bonnie welcome to the show tonight in other news of things that can't possibly go wrong chinese planes are firing rods into the sky in order to bring more rainfall to its crucial Yangtze River. Why don't they just use chemtrails like everybody else? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just sort of surprised that this level of weather manipulation is being so openly admitted. Because I'm like 10 years ago when we were talking about DARPA and things like that and their ability to manipulate the weather, they were like, no, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. And then suddenly, no. So that's kind of like everything, right? You know? Aliens. You were crazy if you believed in aliens like 30 years ago, and now they're just openly admitting it. It is frustrating a bit to be a libertarian or any sort of person who isn't a full-blown status, open-minded to alternative ideas. Well, hold on. on. You and uh, nobody and Ian don't get to say things like that because you guys (laughs) call me and everybody else who calls in crazy for talking about chemtrails. I didn't. I never said you were crazy for talking about chemtrails. Look, I'm actually, I'm just. I, I think I'm mostly with you on this one. You know, having grown up in the South, I I lived next to what they called a drop zone, which was an Air Force sort of test base where they were just regularly dropping material. So there were just constantly jets flying around my house. There, it it appeared to me that there was a difference. That there were two distinct types of trails being left by jets in the sky. One of which dissipated almost immediately. And one of which hung around for hours. Yeah. When I was in California, it was it's real bad out there. It's just all the time chemtrails. Right. I don't know if I would say that, you know, they're 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 spraying barium particles into the atmosphere in order to reflect sunlight, in order to combat global warming. That's been one of the hypotheses that I've heard. And I remember watching a documentary a number of years ago where this guy was like, you know, we tested the barium levels in the soil over a period of 15 years and they went up like 10,000 percent or something to that effect. And this was one of the places that regularly saw chemtrails. I'm not convinced on the ideas of chemtrails by any means, but I don't think it's a crazy conspiracy theorist a theory at all. Yeah. I don't trust the government. Right. If the government yeah. ever heard an idea that it thought was too evil or or too insane to possibly work. That wouldn't stop them from doing it. I mean, in the grand scheme of all conspiracy theories, chemtrails is pretty low level. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the thing I always say to Ian is if they are uh, poisoning all of our food, why wouldn't they be poisoning 
the air. I mean, they are right. literally poisoning all and, of our food. And who knows what they what they're spraying? You know, they could be spraying stuff to kill mosquitoes. It could be uh, weather manipulation. It could be mind control stuff. It could be what you were talking about to reflect sun rays to combat global warming. It could be a number of things. Like, we really don't know what it is they're doing, but it just appears that they're doing something. And it could be absolutely nothing. It could just be, you know, weather patterns up in the upper layers of the atmosphere where sometimes it's windier than other times. I, I don't know Anything in regard to chemtrails and contrails and the whole conspiracy theory there, my mind is just open to various possibilities, and I don't see any reason why the government wouldn't yeah. execute the chemtrail thing. It's not, and you know, I've heard the arguments. Oh, you you really believe they they have you know hundreds of pilots who they can get to secretly do this? Like, yeah, they, I do. They, yeah, they kept the Manhattan Project secret. I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't keep something like this secret. Have you met the federal government? We have. Um, pilots now who are openly coming out and saying, hey, look, yeah, we've been reporting extraterrestrials and and UFOs for decades, but we were too scared to say anything because, you know, they would kill us. Oh, you don't. That, that's the level of people. We're not dealing with good guys here who would never even think to assassinate a pilot who got too mm. windy. And then you have arguments like uh, former astronauts and stuff like that are saying, yeah, we encountered extraterrestrials all the time. They just get written off as kooks anyway. So what if we did? Have one of these Air Force pilots come and be like, yeah, we were absolutely spraying, you know, releasing aluminum and barium into the atmosphere in order to reflect sunlight to combat global warming. People just go, okay, he's a lunatic trying to sell a book. It wouldn't get the actual media coverage that it would deserve. It would be immediately just ignored. Yeah, so I'm absolutely not opposed to the possibility of chemtrails. It it would be one of the least evil things that I can think of that the government is because... I can't think of too many ways that the government could execute that where it wouldn't be intended to be benign, right? Like the hypothesis that they're trying to reflect sunlight, it, that's the only one that I've heard that really made sense from a logical standpoint. I mean, trying to poison the soil and all that, sure, but they have to eat too. And at that point, they're not really controlling where the poison goes and where it doesn't go. And so. that one is weird to me because they already completely control the market on um, what are they called? The things that make plants grow fertilizer, Fert- fertilizers, and stuff like that. Those things are already poison. All we need is yeah. musical, uh, you know, music and electricity pumping in fields to make plants grow way better than fertilizers ever have. But people get ran out of the scientific community for saying stuff like that. Well, you don't even need electricity, right? Uh, the the peas that I grew in my garden this year grew taller than I am. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, when I first grew them, I, I was reading online. It was like, these things could grow to be six tall. And literally everyone I spoke to about this who's been growing things for, you know, their entire lives up, up here in New Hampshire was like, don't worry about it. They're not going to get taller than three feet. They're not going to get taller than waist high. Wow. They were within weeks. They were waist high. And I was like, all right, well, that didn't work. So I needed to get taller ones. And then you did get taller ones again. And by the end of it, they were literally taller than I am taller than six feet. And it was because I was, I, I don't want to say treating with them with respect, but I was talking to them and nourishing them and watering them and making sure they had everything. They, and I was being kind to them. Yeah, And there's all sorts of research that does show that being kind to plants is good for them. Well, it's interesting that Bonnie brought up the fertilizer thing because I never really thought about it. But now that I'm thinking about it, those little white balls that they put in the weird soil that you buy at the the plant department, like Home Depot yeah, it's like or Walmart. It's weird. And I've always thought that doesn't like... 
that doesn't look healthy. That doesn't make sense that you would grow plants in that because that's not what it's normal like soil looks like. But it's or a miracle grow. Like miracle grow can't be good. Yeah, I didn't use any of this stuff. And yeah. the garden that I grew came out beautifully. Like, we got tomatoes coming now. This just huge tomatoes. I'm like, yeah, they didn't get any of this artificial fertilizer. Didn't get any of this nonsense. They just got water, sunlight, and encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, even the when I started them from seeds, like, we didn't, I didn't start all of them from seeds in my house. A lot, a lot of it just goes directly in the ground. But the tomatoes and some other things that I started from seed, I didn't, I looked, I went to Home Depot and I was like, I'm going to get an organic soil. And it was like hidden. I walked all around. And I was like, they only have miracle grow. And I'm not getting that stuff. I'll find something online. Yeah. I was walking out and in a place where there was no other soil, there was this like off brand kind of looking. Uh, they usually don't even have it. Usually it, you have to go to, to like an actual like mom and pop plant store to get any sort of good soil or organic fertilizer. Yeah, it's it's kind of distressing how many people are getting pushed in that direction. Then they have to deal with pesticides and all this. There were never any pesticides used in my garden. Like every Tuesday, we did the show with Conan, who was sort of the catalyst behind this garden. He was like, you're going to have to do this to deal with these bugs and this to deal with those bugs. I, I don't think I ever saw any bugs mm. out there that I had to deal with with any meaningful capacity whatsoever. But what are your thoughts? Coming up, talking more about China and their controlling of the weather, seeding clouds. To help bring about rainfall in order to cure some of their droughts. It's a drought here in New Hampshire. There are droughts everywhere. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. That's the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. If you're new to the subject, just getting started, head on over there. That's Bitcoin.com. Click Getting Started top of the page and take just a few minutes out of your day to learn about this important world-changing technology because it is changing the world systematically. One step at a time is combating, is helping people liberate themselves from the stranglehold of the central banks that are running the world. And that's a beautiful thing. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything cryptocurrency related. If you already know about it, head on over to news.bitcoin.com to stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you. All on a sleek, easy to use modern website. That's news.bitcoin.com. Coming up, we're going to continue this discussion about China seeding clouds in order to replenish one of its rivers, which really, when you think about it, it's just moving water from one place to the other, right? Because they're, they're trying to get water into a river here, presumably from an ocean. I, I, I don't know. We're going to talk more about these specifics because it's all very weird. And I don't know how weather engineering works, but it seems to me that it's there's there there are better ways than shooting rods into the atmosphere, yeah, whatever that, that even means. doesn't really make sense to me. I know I heard of uh, some sort of weapon where they shoot giant metal rods into the sky. I forget what it was called. They shoot it from a satellite to the ground. It's like, oh, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's the opposite. Okay, so from the satellite to the earth. Well, they didn't have to shoot them at that point. I I don't remember what they're called. They just drop them. It was like some god, right? Like Zeus or Thor, something related to that. Something like that, yeah. I mean, devastating. 
but that, that's not, at least that doesn't appear to be what they're talking about here. But first, we have Renee on the line from Louisiana. Renee, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, it's called the rod of God and it's a weapon yep. system. It doesn't do anything for, for water or anything. It's just a malicious thought-up idea for a weapon system that's inexpensive but very devastating. For water, I think they should do like the Romans. They had the aqueducts. They have pipelines. The Russians have pipelines for gas. America should do it, too, for Arizona, New Mexico, from Louisiana area. They have jungle areas with a lot of water. Pipeline some water to the dry areas. You have plenty of water in the flooding areas where people are suffering. When it's draining and flooding, send some of that water to where somebody needs it and have a bunch of ponds to keep it. Well, not even just that. There are... There are methods of rain collection systems that exist in New Mexico and probably other desert areas that the problem is people waste too much water. So if people in New Mexico were collecting what little rainfall they have and filtering it out and maybe recycling that water four times so you get fresh water to drink, Uh fresh water to shower, wash your hands, Uh and then you reuse that gray water... And then, you know, keep reusing it. So, like, the water you flush your toilet with is used for the garden outside. If people were more conscious about their water usage, it wouldn't be a problem. But people are incredibly wasteful. I remember when I was out in California at, uh, and it's it was a desert area in Southern California. The woman I was living with would waste so much water. I mean, she would do entire loads of laundry with just, like, five pieces of clothing in it. Oh my goodness! And I'm like mind blown. And I mean, we it's get for a, your washer too. Yeah, I mean, we get a a good amount of rain here in New Hampshire, but I would never waste water like that, or electricity, or laundry detergent. It just seemed so wasteful to me. And I'm like, lady, you live in a desert. Well, what are you doing? You know, I think that that's probably a factor because, like, people nowadays, they it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter to them. They're like, oh, what's the matter? It doesn't affect me personally because they don't actually have to deal with the consequences of like if you lived in the jungle and you just ran out of water because you're wasting it that would obviously be more like oh i shouldn't do that but but it's interesting what renee says because why is it that there are places on this earth like missouri this year somebody died in st louis because of a um a flood like a month ago it's crazy like it, it's so weird that there are places that don't get enough water and then there are places that get way too much water and i'm sure that the government somehow is inhibiting us to uh trade it or do this correctly i know that michoacan mexico um, that's the state, but the city is Morelia. They have an ancient aqueduct system, and it's fu- so funny. Like all this is going through my head now. My ex is from uh, right outside Michoacan. He went to college. In- I mean, right outside Morelia, he went to college in Morelia, and he told me they have like an ancient aqueduct there. And I saw it on the Anarchist the other day because they showed Morelia, and I was like, oh, that's that aqueduct he told me about. And it's interesting because the place he lived outside of it, Wanda Correo, is a desert. And it makes me wonder if maybe Morelia used to be a desert. They aqueducted in there and that now it's a huge, awesome, pretty city. Hmm. I mean, it's not easy to move large amounts of water, right? I mean, it seems obvious, like, you know, there people are drowning in floods in St. Louis or whatever. But really, realistically, how do you transport that? How do you collect that water, first of all, and then transport it? Pumps. Uh, yeah, it would be like. And 
I mean, the, the, like, let's say Louisiana was flooded. Uh, New Orleans was flooded again, right? That, that happens fairly often. How do you, 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 once you have pumps, you can, you can move that water, sure. But how do you get that water into one place where you can pump it in the first place? So I guess we just need the infrastructure for that. So it needs to be set up. And I mean, then what have, if it doesn't flood there? You just have this infrastructure that's well, wasted. Typically, the same areas flood. So you'll have flood zones. And then you have places that are deserts, you know, and every once in a while you'll have a place flood that doesn't usually flood, but, but typically the same places are flooding over and over again. So it's kind of just like geographical differences and And if it was just uh, like pumps, like he said, or just like, you know, simple machines, not something that actually has to have electricity pumping it, um, it would be really, it would be like, maybe like it didn't start until it, the water got a certain level. And then once it got that level, it starts going. That I would some ha- pump. It would have to have electricity to some degree. Otherwise, yeah, it's just maybe. going to go down and, you know, generally toward yeah. an ocean or a, a place of lower elevation. Like here in King, New Hampshire, we're, high, we're at a higher elevation than, you know, New Orleans. So north isn't necessarily up, but most rivers in the northern hemisphere do tend to flow south for a reason. So you do sort of have to push it up and then you have to deal with the elevation as well. So that's going to require massive amounts of electricity and energy. I don't know if it really have to be massive, but then again, like it's so funny we're talking about this because today uh, me and Ian got a water purifier for our shower because like me and aria were having this conversation and she said the water here is really bad for like her hair and i was like you know what i've uh like just in the back of my head wanted a filter for a while in my shower and i'm i'm gonna get one and then today it arrived and then today i started thinking i want to read about how they do the all the water stuff because like i poured bleach down the sink today how does that get fixed you know i want to know how they do that stuff because it's almost it makes me feel like um a dumb person to just be like well, that's what a happens? valid question, it goes down right? The sink, they yeah. dump it into the ocean. I mean, what does happen? Did you find out what, like, if you I didn't pour bleach down the it. sink? Oh, I just didn't? wondered, and then okay. I didn't. I got it busy. Goes, it goes into the sewage system, and that typically gets dumped into like oceans and rivers. I mean, hopefully not, but that's usually what. I think happens. they at least have to filter stuff before dumping yeah. it. Yeah, they, they probably try to filter it. But. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Renee. I, I hope they filter it. I mean, How do you filter bleach? Once you, you, di- know? Once you dilute it <laughs> enough, it's yeah. probably safe to I mean, to the drink. water is like a big filter. I mean, the ocean, I meant to say. It's like a big filter. And then, like the air. And a lot of the water is like chlorinated and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe they just leave the bleach in there and let it do its thing. 603-283-6160. If you know the answer, give us a call. Let us know. It is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. 
Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. Coming up, we're going to be talking about lithium mining and how that could be better for the environment than gasoline. I mean, it could be worse for the environment than gasoline. Obviously, they're selling it as, you know, these lithium-powered cars or lithium battery-powered cars are better for the environment than gasoline, but it turns out lithium mining, in addition to, you know, things like the sl- the child slavery and things like that that are going on in the lithium mining industry, it actually turns out to be pretty bad for the environment as well. But before that, we're talking about China here and how they're seeding clouds to replenish its shrinking Yangtze River. Several regions on the Yangtze have launched weather modification programs, but with cloud cover too thin, operations in some drought-ravaged parts of the river's basin have remained on standby. The Ministry of Water Resources said in a notice on Wednesday that drought throughout the river basin was adversely affecting drinking water, security of rural people and livestock, and the growth of crops, which the the drought here in New Hampshire is noticeable, here in Keene at least. Like, I live right next to a brook, and I've never seen it. I've never seen its water levels as low as they are right now. Like, normally I can go out there and, you know, my dog can swim in it, and there's a solid two, maybe three feet of water that she can swim around in. Now she she can walk from one side of it to the other without a problem. I don't um, remember what the pond or the lake is called, but it's on 101 going towards Peterborough, and normally it's full with water, and... um, now it's just, you can only see the vegetation. I mean, it's completely dry. Normally it's on both sides. It's a little bridge. It's on both sides of the road. Yeah. And now it's just plants. Well, Th- that's not the one next to my house. Is there's still some water there, but a solid half of the brook is just rocks now. And I mean, you can see where they're smooth rocks. You can tell there should be water there or whatever, but it's it's a pretty severe drought from what I can tell. I have stuff that I need to burn and I haven't even bothered to call because here in New Hampshire, or here in Keene at least, we have an overbearing tyrannical government that requires you to basically get their permission if you want to have a bonfire. Really? Well, sort of. They used to do that, right? Yeah. Now it's, they just have an automatic recording, and as long as you have a seasonal permit, you just call or they let you know what the fire, what the burn status is. And I haven't even bothered to check in the last few weeks because it's just obvious. It's so obvious that we're in the middle yeah. of a drought that it's like, they're not going to let me burn anything right now. So I'm glad it hasn't been raining. I just hate rain. It was supposed to rain. Well, I mean, I've got tomatoes that want water. It, it only rains when I want to ride my motorcycle. Mm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so ridiculous. On, on Wednesday, China's <laughs> Hubei province became the latest to announce it would seed clouds using silver iodide rods to induce rainfall. I just don't get how that would work. I don't either. You know, I'm, I'm not a meteorologist, well, but do that know, don't sound oh, right. I think I know what it is. It's, it, if they're, you know, some kind of a electric a little bit, they're like charged in some way. They go up there, they make those things a different charge, and then they'll drop their rain. Or those things, the clouds. <laughs> the silver iodide rods, which are typically the size of cigarettes, are shot wow. into existing clouds to help form ice crystals. The crystals then help the cloud produce more rain, making its moisture content heavier and more likely to be released. Okay, so I was thinking of like what we were talking about last segment, the, what is it, the rods of God or whatever they're called. I was thinking like that sized 
but reverse shooting them up into the sky instead of so these sound well, a lot smaller than that yeah they would fall back down it that's would, what I'm, I'm like how would this work this just sounds like a bad idea I did wonder how big they'd be but still a cigarette size is still pretty huge it's like who's catching these because if that lands on your head you're dead if a penny lands on your head from the top of a building you're you're dead yeah I, mean, I remember always building. hearing that yeah like the Empire State Building that's if you were thinking. to drop a penny off of it it would like go through somebody's skull if they were if it landed on them well that one turned out not to be true because oh, of terminal velocity and stuff like that well there's air resistance and a oh, penny wasn't just on, like, isn't heavy yeah. or something mm. yeah and a penny, well i don't think they were allowed to actually drop a penny off the empire state but, but the math holds out right there's enough yeah. air resistance with a penny where it's it's not going to kill him it's going to hurt but really really bad a silver rod cigarette though that's shaped to be aerodynamic yeah. and it, it's not flipping through the air it's falling in one direction it's like yeah I don't know, man. That plus it's silver iodide. What is a silver iodide rod worth? It sounds like. The, are what are you, are you alleviating poverty here? What's going on? Hmm. I uh, I don't know. This this part's just interesting to me. How does it help create more ice crystals? Like, what would it? Well, to do presumably that. it would stay in the cloud for some period of time. I don't know. I, I don't know how the logistics of that work. But it's a center of mass that would you know collect water droplets, which would collect more water droplets and they would freeze and get heavier. And I don't know. I'm not the one out there manipulating the weather. It sort of makes sense to me, except for the fact of how do you get these silver rods to stay in the atmosphere long enough to develop ice? I would think they would just fall instantly. A cloud is essentially just it's just fog in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't maybe, know. Maybe it goes through, like you're saying, collecting water from the lower ones that aren't gonna rain at all and goes up to the higher ones freezes and it could be that but hey good lord the you're basically shooting a bunch of mini rods from god or whatever they're called at their yeah. population at that point and it's made out of silver i mean that's bigger than bullets they are bigger it, than bullets it would almost be easier to take water from the ocean filter the salt <laughs> out of it create fresh water and put that in the river it, it does seem that like sounds that, easier. It does seem like that would be easier. Cloud seeding has been in practice since the 1940s, and China has the biggest program in the world. I remember we were called conspiracy theorists less than a decade ago for talking about government programs to control and manipulate the weather. Well, earlier this year there was this story. I couldn't find any reliable enough one uh, article about it to bring it in. But they apparently created a mini sun in China, like in a what? in a lab. That's like from like some Stranger Things stuff. Yeah, it's terrifying. Was this the? Um, I, yeah, I, I think I remember saying something about nuclear uh, fusion, and I, I, God, I wish I could remember it as well. And but it, I don't. I wanted to bring it in, and it was just like everything I pulled up about it seemed like such a fake, like the sun or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, I'll wait till something more comes out about it, and it just kind of went away. So China also used cloud seeding ahead of the Beijing Olympics in 2008 mm. to ensure dry weather for the event. And the technique can also be used to induce snowfall or to soften health. So these people are literally controlling the weather to I an extent. I wonder if it was the same method for the Beijing thing, because I forgot I heard about that before, but I didn't hear about little rods. Well, I know in the Hong Kong Olympics, they were using a lot of fake snow. Or was it Hong Kong, the most recent Winter Olympics? I think it was I Hong Kong, remember. right? 
Wherever the Olympics were in China for the, the Winter Olympics. Well, these were the winter. Well, I, I hate yeah. them as well. I mean, but that's normal, though, right? They always do fake snow. Like, even if you go snowboarding at the local mountain, most of it's fake snow. Is it? Yeah, because the, the fake snow is better for, um, like, skiing and snowboarding than real snow. It's easier to pack down or something. That makes sense. At least 4.2 million people in Hubei have been affected by a severe drought since June. More than 150,000 people there have difficulties accessing drinking water. And nearly 400,000 hectares of crops have been damaged because of high temperatures and drought. And this comes back to what you were talking about, Nikki, in regard to people wasting water. I certainly waste my fair share of water. I'm an American. It's hard not to, We waste you know? everything, right? Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Uh, th- there should be some sort of uh, system. Like, I think in New Hampshire, you're allowed to collect rainwater now, at least to a certain amount. Don't oh, quote me on that, because I'm not sure. I know in a lot of places, you're not allowed to collect yeah. rainwater. Well, I do whatever I want anyways, so. But I mean, well, my basement collects rainwater, whether yeah. I want it to or not. So <laughs> it's just sort of there. You at better some just point. not drink it or anything. <laughs> well, no, I, I have pumps that pump it out into the brook. In theory, yeah. they just, it just doesn't always work that way. Everybody should watch videos on YouTube that explain how to collect water after like the S hits the fan. Uh, my friend sent me one that had like ten different methods. It, there's like lots of little things you can do. It looks really cool. I probably need to watch it to actually memorize it. Purifying water is also a really important one. You can buy a straw that will automatically purify yeah. it for you on yeah, Amazon Alex for like four one. bucks. There's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Talk live with your buddy to control the airwaves and talk about whatever you want. 603 283 6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603 283 6160. We're talking about the weather here and just various things that have been going on. Uh, the Free Talk Live Facebook group, um, Mark Edge, I think it was, recently shared an article. It was a number of weeks ago uh, from the economiccollapseblog.com. That, that's their actual website. And I used to love these guys. But then I realized they were full of it. They didn't know what they were talking about. They, 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 they were the Alex Jones of blogs for the most part. And then they went on this weird Christian bent where everything was... That they reinterpreted from Christian philosophy. It was just all very peculiar. But one of the things I remember them talking about was that the largest underground reservoir in the United States had been depleted by like 50% or something like that. And I never looked into it independently, so I don't even know if that's true or not. But I've always heard that, you know, eventually we're going to be dealing with water shortages and things like that. But this is coming from the same people who tell us that global warming is going to kill everyone by 2025. So, yeah. It, it's hard not. It's hard to believe these people, but there is definitely heat right now in many. Or I'm reading about heat in other parts of the world, right? Like they're talking about insane heat waves in Spain and China and all this other stuff. And I'm looking at summertime like, though. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's hotter than usual. Yeah, but it's like and there 70 has... degrees. I opened my air my windows today and turned my air conditioners off. Yeah, it's it like is. 70 degrees. Yeah, um... it's not hot. And there, you no, know, I have seen some more extreme weather trends. But then, if you'll see these pictures where, like, there was a news article that said, "Oh, we're having an extreme weather trend," and then like people will fact check that. Google like 
the temperatures from 10 years ago and find that it's been exactly the same. It's just like a news article can come out and say, whoa, 90 degrees is extreme for England. And then you find out there's a couple times a year that it always does that. See, and I'm not even sure that I would believe them at this point that it's 90 degrees in London. If, that, if the, mm-hmm. that's what they were saying. I'm not in London. I can't verify that. For all I know, there is no London, right? I hate being that level of skeptic, but... But how can I be anything else when I look around in the world and I have governments and media organizations outright lying to me and admitting that they're lying to us? Like well, the, uh, they're what, just continuing like nothing happened. What What was the fake uh, aircraft pilot they made up in Ukraine? The, the oh, it was from a video game. No, no, it was it, the ghost of the, the ghost of Kiev. That was yeah. it. That was like the, you know he was the Red Baron, the, the 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 best pilot that the Ukrainian Air Force had. Kill, dropping all of these Russian aircrafts, and they openly were admitting that they made this dude up. Yeah, did well, not it was, exist. It was from a video game or something. Well, that was a That's... different thing that got made up. Oh, okay. But so it was like footage that came out, and they're like, "Oh, look at this," and it ended up being from a video game. Yeah, the yeah. ghost of Kiev was just outright propaganda from the Ukrainian government about, "Hey, this guy's the best." You know, they're out there so unnecessary too. It's like, what is to it... rally people? Like, oh, Ukraine is well, yeah. doing awesome. This guy seems, you know, alpha. I like Ukraine more. But there was no truth to it whatsoever, and yeah. no one ever called the Ukrainian government on this. The Western media propagated that Ghost of Yiv drops another aircraft or whatever, and we know now that it was just 100% made up from the beginning. And it's so- crazy how quickly people forget about this stuff. Uh, I was reminiscing, not to get off topic, me and a friend the other day were reminiscing about Coney 2012. I don't ah. know if you ladies remember that. I remember the, hashtag Coney. It was a huge thing it was in my a, high school. It was a huge thing. Girls were buying Coney 2012 t-shirts. There was a documentary. Oprah was talking about it. A ton of celebrities were talking about it. People donated millions and millions of dollars. And then we all found out that it was fake. Well, I this guy reminded me about it. I thought it. the Coney 2012 thing was like he he was had like child soldiers and child yep. brides or something. But that right? like in the 90s. Okay. It I, happened I, like okay. 20 years Long before. Ago. Like he, no, I think he died in the 90s was what it was. And then a lot of people that were lived really? in that in Uganda or something. People that were living in that area of Africa were coming out on the on Twitter and stuff being like this isn't happening. I live here and this isn't happening. So I, I looked into it to see if it was just the internet admitting that it was fake and they're still trying to perpetuate this story that it was real even though it was disproven by people, by hundreds of people that actually live yeah. there. Do you remember the sarin gas, quote, attack in Syria back in, I don't remember the year, but it was during the Obama administration when uh, it looked like the United States was going to invade Syria, and then John Kerry made a mistake internationally and said, look, I'm the, if, the, if Assad would give up all of his chemical weapons, the United States would not invade, and suddenly he gave up all of his chemical weapons. But before that, there was a, quote, sarin attack. Or maybe it was mustard gas. I don't. And maybe sarin is mustard gas. I don't. I don't know. But there was some sort of chemical attack in some city in Syria. Yes, and I don't remember the name of the city at this point. Maybe Damascus. But it was alleged by Western media that Assad did this. No other possibility was ever even entertained. And it was alleged by the Assad regime and the Russians that no, the pro-American rebels did this. And each side was accusing the other doing it. No one ever claimed responsibility for it. And we still don't know who ultimately caused it to happen, whether or not it was an accident. This was a war zone, after all. If you have chemical weapons in the middle of a war zone, things are going to happen. But 
No one ever, if, and if you go to wikipedia.com to look up these sarin gas attacks or whatever it was from 2000, whatever, what you're going to find is nothing but Western propaganda on the subject. That, oh, yes, it's, it was proven that the Assad did this by the American forces or whatever, because we looked this up a few months ago because I was curious about this. It was never firmly decided one way or the other. No one ever researched the truth. It was just one side accusing the other, and it was a blatant propaganda in every direction. And, then- and there were videos that came out that were like the first thing that's ever came out where I was like, this is obviously made in like a Hollywood studio. I'm sorry. It was just so fake. It's like, oh, there's no blood. We just have tears in our clothes. We're running through all this smoke everywhere, and we're also filming and not just like just looking at the ground to walk and run away. It was just so fake. I'm just... I can't believe that that stuff was real. I won't believe that that stuff is real. How about uh, Zelensky and other, the Ukrainian, that, that hot chick who was, you know, posing with an AR-15 or whatever weapon it was. I don't remember now, but what it was. But they're like, you know, we're frontline soldiers and we're fighting at the front and all this. Yeah. And it was just outright lies. Like, it was a BB oh. gun, right? Yeah, it did turn Something out to be like an airsoft that. gun. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's you're going to do some was. real yeah. damage with that thing. I was using one of those when I was like six years old. It, it was just completely insane. But people, they took those lies and they perpetuated them and it became truth. And what we've learned over the last few years is that if a headline asserts something, it doesn't matter what the article actually says. Most people are just going to read the headline and they're going to assume that's fact. And even if you later prove to them that what they believe to be true is not correct, they're not going to change their minds about it. Like when the new Matrix movie came out and suddenly everyone was parroting that old line again, that, oh, these, the, the Matrix movies are allegory, uh, allegories for being trans or whatever. And it's like, no, both of the Wachowski sisters had come out and said that's not the case. But over and over again, people would just link articles to me saying, no, look, the headline here clearly says that they say. But if you and read the article, they, the, they literally say the exact opposite, right? It's as clickbaity as you can yeah. get. Where the headline says author or creator director says X. But when you read it, it's like that, they say literally the opposite. I just here. think those people have such small imagination capacities because it's just like there's so much that gets covered like you could easily be like oh and this reminds me of my uh like if you're a trans or something you could easily be like this reminds me of my like thing i had to go through like transformation but it's not just like oh it's about that like i don't know that's just so small level thinking it's such a big picture movie that covers so much stuff and it's so creative and amazing and if i was just like oh it reminds me of you know, something in my life. It's just like, it, that just cheapens it so much more than that, you know? That was my understanding of it as well. Is that, I mean, like, And I don't remember now the name of the book, but there was a book that was required reading for every actor and actress that took part in oh, The man. Matrix. And it, it, it was about, you know, people living in digital universes or whatever. It's a very well-known philosophical book. And I think Bonnie's looking up right now because I don't remember it, but to take all Simulacra of that... Simulacra and simulation. Yes, thank you. To take all of that and condense it down to, oh, no, this is about transitioning from male to female. It's, it's such an insult to what the works actually were. But, you know, they don't care. They just see the headline and they perpetuate that. And nothing you say to these people can convince them that they're wrong. Like, even when you give them the quote, like, like no, here is what Lily actually said. Like, here, here's her exact quote on the matter. In the thing you linked Yes. The article it, you linked. I went through this with people and they're like, no, you're, you're wrong. They come out and said it. And here's a, here's a headline that says otherwise. Uh, you, so it's, they say London's experiencing 90 degrees and dropped or whatever. Prove to me that there even is a London at this point. I can't trust. And I'm, I'm, I believe there probably is a London, right? 
I haven't gone that far off the deep end. But if the mainstream media came and said, Aria, the sky is blue. I'm, like, I'm sorry, guys. You're just going to have to prove it to me because <laughs> I, I can't believe anything you say at this point. You're all mouthpieces for lying governments. And if you're not lying, you're lying about lying. And if you're telling the truth, it's only because it's this one scenario where it actually benefits you to be honest because it screws me over in some way. So I can't believe any of them. What about you? 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And coming up, we're going to be talking about self-silencing. People being hesitant about sharing their true opinions with people. I can't understand living in that mindset, right? Because, I, you know, I had a normal job until at some certain point this year and eventually i'm going to have a normal job again but these people they have a general idea of what my political ideology is and it's it's not anything that i really hide but at the same time if people start talking about politics or whatever i usually don't weigh in yeah i'll usually reel it in in a workplace conversation like i kind of sprinkle libertarian ideologies in there but i'm not gonna go full-blown anarcho-capitalism on people yeah when i lived in san antonio it was just like heartbreaking to hear people say such stupid things and just be like if i even tried to start explaining this to them they one wouldn't get it two would be like wait is she like a trump person because that's how the level of mind control they're under and Three, they would just think I was being like a know-it-all. And it's just like, it wasn't even worth it. It's like, it's just like, oh, let's just hope the conversation changes. Like, I can't even deal with these people. And that's apparently called self-silencing. And I was going to say, you know, I I can't imagine living in this world where I self-silence. But, you know, as I've been saying this, I realized that I I do exactly the same sort of thing. I just do it for different reasons. It's not because I'm worried about being judged for my beliefs or anything like that. It's because, look... If you if if my coworkers want to have a conversation with me about how the free market can solve this problem or that problem, that's fine. We can do that, but that's not the world that these people these people live in. You know, ten second sound bites. You mm-hmm. know, 
They, they want to tell you how you're going to solve, how you're going to feed the homeless. They, they don't want to hear about your long-winded four-and-a-half-hour solution to using the free market to solve the homeless problem. And the problem yeah. is because people can't think from the most basic levels and understand how it goes, that affects this, which affects this. They just, they live in the world of effects instead of the world of causes. And I've been noticing that about every single situation in the world that can basically describe people who are wrong about things. If they went to the world of causes, the realm of causes and thought about it that way, which they obviously never have most of them, then they might be like, oh, I kind of see where she is coming from. But they don't even have the mental capability to get there. I don't know why that is. Well, they it's don't, the big picture, right? People can't see the big picture all the time. They can only zoom in on this fraction. So if you're talking about homelessness or you know homeless people needing food, oh, they, we should they give can, them tents. Yeah, it's like we should, you know, we we just give them food, but they can't think about the economic implications about of what's going on and how if we had a free market and things were. You know, they're allowed to start a business themselves without being, yeah. you know, put in jail. It's hard for people to conceptualize all these things, especially when you're welcoming a slew of new ideas. It's not just I'm not just introducing one new idea to these people. I'm introducing like 10 or 15 new ideas and that's overwhelming for them. Right. I mean, it's all well and good to be like, I think we should, you know, send more money to soup kitchens. That's a simple, feel-good solution that all of these people can get on board with. It's like, that's great. I'm doing something. But here's a better idea. Let's close the soup kitchen. Let's open up the market. Let's allow these people to have jobs. What we really need to do is repeal zoning laws. And I, I know we can step through all of these things and ultimately arrive from A to B to C to D to Z, which is, you know, helping the homeless. Mm-hmm. And we started here at repealing zoning laws. But as soon as we mention zoning laws, their eyes glaze over. And as you mentioned, they lose the ability to conceptualize what we're talking about. Anything yeah. more than a A causes B is lost on them. I mean, I know people who don't know what zoning laws are. They don't understand what zoning is. And they shut down because I think the one thing about public school that's so damaging to people is they are taught, like, if you don't know a thing, you're dumb. And it's not, oh, if you're able to learn a thing, you're smart. You know, it's you have to know the thing. You have to be tested on whether you have memorized this thing already. And I always, like my whole life... I've just been above the other people in my class because I was homeschooled literally just four years before then I went into public school. And that's all it took for me to be just so much above the other people in my class. And I when you say above it. them, you mean um, more educated intel- intellectually. It sounds okay. mean, <laughs> but it's just a, a there fact. has to be a better way to put. this. Yeah, I didn't that. mean above <laughs> right. them as in better human being worth more as a human being. I just meant way ahead of them in in classes. And and the thing is, like I just have always known that if I start trying to explain something to someone who is like my age and they don't understand it, they're going to shut down because they feel bad about themselves for not already knowing this thing. And it's just like, you're not dumb for not being born with knowledge. You just have to try to, you know, start somewhere. If you don't know about what a zoning law is, you can Google it and I'm sure you can understand, you know? Well, and that's a great point. I've gone through that before where I could have learned so much more if I was just able to ask questions. And and I'm kind of coming around to it now where I I feel more comfortable to ask questions to people. But it's that fear of being dumb, right? It's like, you know, maybe I might Google something during a conversation like, what is this? But I'm 
almost afraid to ask people because they're going to be like, oh my gosh, you don't know what that is. So, and and it's almost hindered some of my growth because I was afraid to ask questions. And now I'm like, no, I'm, if I'm having a conversation with somebody and I don't understand, I feel comfortable enough to ask those questions to, to learn. And the thing about it that relates to public school is when you're in a class with 30 kids and you're like, oh, I don't get this thing. And you want to be like, teacher, what does that mean? Everybody else is going to be like, oh, we already got, I mean, anybody else who already got it is going to be like, oh, we already got this. Everyone else is going to be like, she wants to learn more. Oh my God, how lame. But when you are homeschooled, you're just like, your mom tells you something like, what does that mean? You guys have a whole conversation about that. You're learning based on your speed. And when you're in a class with 30 other kids, it's just impossible. Yeah, I don't know that that's really a problem with public schools, though. I I think that's just, I don't know what that problem is, but it persists into adulthood and it persists on the internet, right? With this whole too long didn't read thing. If if you're having a conversation with someone on whatever social media platform you write, if you write more than two sentences, they're not going to read it. They're not even going to attempt to. They're going to come at you like, ha ha, you're such a nerd, like they were, you know, in the fifth grade. And It's this tension span thing, you know, same thing why everyone's obsessed with TikTok. Well, we look down on intellectualism in Western society, in America in particular. I can't speak about all of Western society, but I know growing up, it, it wasn't cool to be smart. Yeah. If the teacher called on you to ask a question, it wasn't cool to give a lengthy doctoral thesis type of answer. It was cool to... It, I mean, it was, it was cool to it was cooler to not even know the answer than it was to give the correct answer. Yeah. And this, this persists into adulthood, and it's it saddens me because there's so many people out there who can't diagnose a disease because they're too focused on the symptoms. And I hope that all of these people out there who who we're talking about who can't make the connection from A to B to C all the way to Z. They never become doctors or anything else that requires them to process information critically because you go in there with a cough and they go, all right, here's some cough syrup. Have a good day. It's like, and I'm okay. sure a lot of doctors are that way. But then yeah. but then you die of lung cancer six months later because they didn't think to look whether or not there was an underlying cause. They go, oh, just treat the symptom. They'll be fine. Okay, that happens people to people. Are, and that's why people are hungry. Just give them food. That's why I love the doctor in Keen uh, Monarca. I go to her and she is just like, I'll start telling her, I don't really know what this is, but it's like, I have this. And she'll be like, oh, that reminds me of this thing I was reading about. And she'll pull it up and be like, you know, do you have any of this? And I'm like, what does that have to, you know, my brain is kind of like, what does that have to do with anything? And then she's helped me figure things out by these little connections she's made. I, it's like well, I have to tell you about what it was. Isn't just that, right? I mean, they are unusual. Now, I go to the same doctor. They are absolutely fantastic. But it's also that. You get to sit down with this person for like an hour at every one of your appointments and you can email them and text message them at your convenience and you'll get a response. And But sitting down with your doctor, there's no waiting time, right? And this is so unusual to people who exist in Western medicine. There's no waiting time. You go in and you sit down with your doctor. It's because they don't have insurance or they don't take insurance. Mm-hmm. For a solid hour, just sitting there having a conversation about what's going on health-wise. And you don't get that with most people. So they get a good understanding of who you are as a person, your lifestyle habits and It can't be competed with. It's a good example of someone who does look for the underlying call. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. It is 
is Freezer Clive with Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki, and you're invited to join us. Talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. The 603-283-6160. We're talking about the difference between public and private opinions. And this is it, it is such a fascinating topic to me because like here on the show, I don't hold back any of my beliefs, right? And and any of my coworkers and my friends who aren't libertarians, because I do hang out in a lot of non-libertarian circles, they're more than welcome to watch the show. And a lot of them are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. But I've never had any of them like message me disagreements or stuff like that. Sometimes they will and I'm like, look, I'm just not talking about this. I just talked about this on the air for three hours. I'm not talking about I'm off work now and I don't want to call talk in if yes. you want to talk about this. <laughs> That's more or less the perspective that I have on these sorts of things where like a lot of times I end up going to the bar with some of my friends after the show and they're like, so what are you guys talking about? And I just give an idea. So I said, what was your take on it? One of my friends asked me, what? After the recent school shooting in Uvalde, she asked me, well, what do we do about these school shootings? I was like, I don't don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, the the answer I give you is not going to be the answer you want to hear. And we had this exact conversation then where she was, she had been drinking, so she wasn't willing to listen at that point. Anyway, she just wanted to talk and wanted someone to listen to her talk and share her thoughts and opinions. I was fine with that because it saved me having to express mine, but... It was very much, I ended up pointing out to her at one point, nothing I say on this is going to satisfy you on a spiritual level. And it's just not. It's not going to make you feel like the problem is solved. You want a solution. You want me to be able to say, hey, look, if we just do this or we just do that, then we won't have any more school shootings. And that's just not the way this is going to work. The best solution, the one that's probably going to sound the best and work the best to satisfy that, that need we have to feel like the problem is solved it's to arm the teachers. Yeah. But, but when you say that, but you sound crazy. All my teachers sucked so bad in high school. I, I don't know. Well, you would so want arm, to arm the students. Yeah, that's yes. what I'm saying. I would want well, everyone yeah. to be armed. I don't like the idea of like just my teacher having a gun. Some of those teachers were psychopaths. I, I know, but when you're dealing with when you're dealing with a 24 year old Democrat, you can't go straight to let the six year old carry a gun to school. Hmm. You know, you you yeah. got us. You got to so, start further back with. Let's <laughs> have the adult in the room have the gun. There's a school district in North Carolina that was hiring armed guards to protect schools or from police yeah kind of (laughs) um or at least they were having some sort of rifle or firearm locked somewhere so in the event of an emergency but if it's locked a teacher would and and i i feel the same way that's why i don't use a safety because seconds count but it's better than not having anything so in their point was um, this either this I think it was the superintendent was like, well, if we're waiting an hour for police to hang out outside before they even come in to save the children. Yeah. If a teacher wants to grab that gun and shoot the gunman down, that's a lot better it's than just one gun or like one in every room. Um, I don't know. I, I had the article for show prep at one point and then it disappeared from my computer. One of our but, trolls uh, on the YouTube chat, that's youtube.freetalklive.com. If you want to use the worst video video viewing platform out there yeah, to watch Yeah, just go to show, Odyssey instead. 
has to say, or maybe just lock the doors to start. Oh, yes, you know, oh, like no, they do in prisons, right? Just lock the kids inside and then they can have... What about well, the kids kid- who bring school, who bring guns into schools? Because that's usually what happens here. What about... The, then they're locked in the building yeah. but with you someone who wants to kill them. You won't get locked in. When I, when I was in high school, it was like every class, uh, the door had to be shut unless there was some kind of like heat problem that's the only reason a door would be like open with a fan there or something but um they would all have to be shut because they'd be locked from the outside you had to knock to get in but they were always unlocked from the inside but that's how it was at my high but school but like you're too. saying it's that's, i mean it's that's, not really a solution like that's well, true for the doors but when when i was at school the the school had you know it was eight nine different buildings and you had to walk outside in the open air from one to no horrifying right they closed that school and they replaced it with a single brick building with you know those little prison style windows they're like four inches thick or whatever I mean, four I mean, inches wide you the can design see them. and it's honestly fenced in with honest to god razor wire at the top and the, they oh my say gosh. you know well it's to keep people from you know sneaking into the school or whatever I'm like look your school looks just like a prison well i remember so i remember when i was like 18 years old one of my boyfriends went to jail so i went to visit him and i was mortified that the architecture in the interior design of the prison was the same exact thing as my elementary school, my middle school and my high school. It, they have to be hiring like the same architects to be building prisons and schools because they look exactly the same. They're using the same bricks. They're using the same paint, the same ceilings, the same tiles on the floor. It was weird. You have a really good point. And this is, you know, we're the minority here saying these things. And Bonnie, Bonnie, you're absolutely right. The better solution here would be to have every student being able to carry a gun if that's what they want to do. And the, the parents being able to teach their kids this is how you use a firearm safely. That's mm-hmm. how you protect yourself with the firearm. All of those things, that would be ideal, right? If the government had just never gotten involved in all of this nonsense, that would be even better. That's how it used to be. Like never gotten yeah. involved in education. But we can't just jump right to that when dealing with normal people. Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we have to... Dial our arguments back a bit. So we have to have this public opinion and this private opinion where the private opinion among libertarians is actually, well, duh, obviously arm the students, right? But if you just, if, if a, you know, your average liberal coworker says, what do you think about these school shootings? And you say, well, duh, arm the students. You're not going to make any progress in trying to reach that person, yeah. even if you're right. And that's just... A sad reality we live in, but that's not necessarily what we're talking about here. We're talking about self-silencing people saying what they think others want to hear rather than what they truly feel. Well, that's very different from what I do. I, I just refrain from saying anything or I I dial it back a lot where I, st- I get the gist of what I want or I push them in that general direction without sounding like a lunatic. Like picking your battles. Right. Sort of thing. Because it's not worth it to have the argument about why I think the kindergartner should have a, an assault rifle at the at the cafeteria exactly. table. Exactly. That's what keeps me from really... That's another thing that keeps me from ever wanting to talk about stuff like this with normies is because like ultimately like I'm not going to ever have kids so... It's like something they need to figure out for themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it doesn't affect me. And lots of situations are like, they don't really affect me. And, you know. So people's tendency to not talk about how they truly feel is skewing our understanding of how Americans really feel about abortion, COVID-19 precautions, what children are taught in school, and other hot-button issues finds a new state. And they're absolutely, especially about COVID-19 precautions. Man, I... 
I remember when all of this nonsense started, all of my friends and coworkers, my non-libertarian friends and coworkers, they hated the mask. They hated the idea of having to get vaccinated to keep their jobs. And one by one, every single one of them gritted their teeth. They just stopped talking about it. And they, mm-hmm. and they went along with it. But I remember, I remember hearing my normal friends and coworkers ranting about these things and how wrong it was and how they shouldn't be forced to wear a mask in the middle of summer and all of this other nonsense, how it was miserable and uncomfortable, but... Their spirits were broken. It became... I don't know if it's said, it just became so socially unacceptable yeah. to speak out against the COVID-19 restrictions that they they just became scared to, just yeah. like it became socially unacceptable to be a Trump supporter or whatever else. Some of these, rightly or wrongly, if you can't express your opinions freely... We don't know what people really think. 603-283-6160. As inflation surpasses another 40-year high, the U.S. dollar continues to weaken. Savvy investors are diversifying into gold and silver, and you can also own the most stable assets in recorded history with bullionmax.com. Bullionmax.com is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's security for your family in times of crisis. Buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metals ship fully insured directly to your home. It's fast and easy. Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. Get bullionmax.com silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com FTL. This kit includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, a Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar. This offer is limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. It is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And Mark's dropping the ball again. I do not have any ad copy for this thing I'm supposed to be talking about, which is a movie that I'm allegedly in. Oh. It's called Ballad of the Crypto Six at the moment. You can check it out at movie.freetalklive.com. There's actually a GoFundMe that someone, the director, has put together. Is there a trailer there for is. this already? I okay. didn't know this came this? out yet. I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I'm mad at Mark. I didn't know this came out yet. I would have been sharing it and stuff. Oh, the trailer has been out for quite a long time. Well, I knew that, but I thought I wasn't supposed to be sharing it or anything. Like, it wasn't ready. Oh. No, I mean, that I I don't think they've done any additional work to it from what I've seen. It's really good. It's very well put together. Uh, Free Talk Live, the, I, I don't know how the, we funded it, essentially, is what happened. I, I don't know exactly who paid the bill on it, but people friendly to the cause of the Crypto 6 funded it. You can check it out at movie.freetalklive.com. That will take you to the GoFundMe page, and they do have the YouTube video there for you to watch. It's like 13 minutes long at this point. It's... They want to make it into an actual full-length film, like a full hour-and-a-half-long thing, and that would be fantastic. I, I, I don't know how it would work, because I think I like Tiger King and things like that, which were just phenomenally fantastic. I remember saying a few years ago that if the government comes at me about cryptocurrency, all I want out of this is for someone to make a Crypto Queen documentary about me, right? I love how you just compared the Crypto 6 to Tiger King. <laughs> well, no, the Tiger King has so many things that we didn't, right? 
it, it had so like much, tigers. But it's so much <laughs> craziness, like the yeah. gay tiger sex cult and all yeah. of this other stuff that you know, you just don't have with the crypto six. You don't. I mean, we could do that. We could, <laughs> but it's a little late at this point, right? That that was what the benefit. That was the benefit that the Tiger King had that n- nothing else has had since. It's like they were recording this craziness yeah. while it was it's happening. Like you can't make this stuff up. No. And the, the funny thing about Tiger King was more crazy stuff kept happening. <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, we're recording for this thing," and then they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait! What actually is going on here?" It, I, I feel like if somebody followed me and Ian's life around with a camera all day every day they would pick up stuff that people the average person would think is so crazy I just almost I'm just immune to it at this point well regrettably like what? it's too late now yeah. I mean they, they would have had to been filming this stuff going back you know five years ago we would have had the documentary crew out of here there and maybe they would be able to piece something together from like victimless crimes free and the other videos of activism or the show the, or, and the show Maybe they will be able to piece something together like that. I don't know. But movie.freetalklive.com, if you want to watch it, that's where you can go. There's a YouTube video there. Uh, I would highly recommend it. I enjoyed it that I've seen. It's pretty good. It's entertaining. Of course, I would say that. but You're on the thumbnail. Yeah. So I I I think it's really... And so is my cat. She would be so happy if she knew. I think it's a great uh, just like little teaser film or, or not film trailer. I think it's great. Because it definitely will get people like, whoa, I want to keep watching this. I mean, I think it's way more interesting than the anarchist one that just I, we just got done with. I feel like that was almost overblown. Ours would be so much better if HBO came and did a, the anarchist New Hampshire edition. I mean, I think, and I don't want to talk smack about them, but I think we're a little bit more principled in New Hampshire. And I think we're less of a failed experiment. And I don't want to say that what's going on in Arcapoco is a failed experiment like some of the mainstream media is. I don't think it's failed, but I think the Free State Project has been a little bit more successful and it's Certainly. just more... I, we're, we're getting more done. Have you watched the whole thing, Aria? I've not watched any of it yet. Okay, I, but- I have agreed to watch the whole... Th- I was waiting until all the episodes were yeah. out so I could watch it, you know, not all at once because I don't have, you know, six hours to just devote to watching television but you know so i could binge watch it at my convenience uh, i get that because it's so annoying to wait yeah <laughs> a uh, week. Th- that was one of the benefits i had with tiger king to bring it back to that is that you know i could just go from one episode to, and i couldn't not do it oh, because yeah. it only got crazier every yep. single minute that you watch and i wish now i could go back and watch all of that madness for the first time again i did try to rewatch it i don't know at some point within the last year or so and i've never seen it Oh, you should watch it. It's the, really crazy. The reason I didn't want to watch it is like, I hate to sound like, you know, I'm being a hipster. Like everyone was watching it. So therefore I couldn't. It's just that the stuff that was going on with COVID at that time, it just seemed to me like, oh, of course, something like this is going to be coming out where everybody is talking about how crazy it is because they don't want us to pay attention. And in for some, no, like, it's that just, you know, <laughs> creeped me out about it. I was like, this is so, you know, a, a distraction and I don't want to watch it. And, you know, that's just like, not a great reason, but I don't watch a lot of TV. I waited until like the summer of last year to finally get around to watch it, like months after everyone else had finished watching it. I was like, all right, let's finally check out this nonsense that everyone's yeah. raving about. It, it is absolutely worth watching. I've, I've never love- seen like so many things that people are like, how have you never seen like V for Vendetta? Never seen it. I wouldn't recommend that. Really? But I, yeah. But Everybody re- freaks yeah. out that when I tell them that. That you've never seen it? Yeah. I mean, it's not worth watching. Really? 
No. Wow, the truth comes out. <laughs> it, it's it's. I liked it right up until he became everything that he was fighting against when when, when he tortured Nat- Natalie Portman in order to manipulate her. And I don't remember all of the details now, but. Mm. Uh, it was because he was an abuse victim or something like that. I wish See, I could remember all just... of it, but all he ultimately did was take his own suffering and pay it forward. Hmm. You know, and to me, that's may, sure. Maybe he's an anti-hero, or whatever. But I, I'm not going to watch and support a movie that you know where he makes this victim because he himself was a victim yeah. at some point in his past. I mean, that's just that's disgusting. just MK Ultra movie propaganda 101, and that's why I almost never watch movies that are supposed to be aimed towards people like who are freedom minded. And people give me flack about this all the time. Like uh, Chris Reitman is always just like, "You're just." being too serious about it. It's just entertainment. And it's just like, I don't want to waste hours of my life that I could be spending doing anything more important, watching a movie that is literally just going to mind control me to think, oh, this could never, uh, you know, anarchy could never work. You know, it's just like, what's the point of that? That's, I, yeah. they, they aim things at libertarians just to have a little thing where, oh, well, he ends up being the monster that, you know, it's just like, I, I don't have time to predictively program myself or whatever. That's why I never wanted to watch The Matrix because I assumed it was something like that. But no, The Matrix is the best thing I've ever seen on a screen in my life. Wow. Well, I don't know if, I I don't know think, if I'd go that far. I wouldn't either. And I, was, I definitely would. The Crypto 6 movie, definitely not going to be the best thing you've ever seen in your life, but that is uh, movie.freetalklive.com if you want to check it out. I have lots of stuff to say about The Anarchist whenever you watch it, so... Yes, please watch it. Well, I have to watch it now because evidently uh, we talked about one of the people who was criticizing it a few weeks ago. He wrote this lengthy article that sounded to me like he was just upset that he wasn't more featured. And he's like, I was there and they're not talking about who, me. All who the wrote time. it? I don't remember the name His of the Howard. guy. But he, he very okay. much presented himself as someone who was like, I was this influential, important person, and this documentary barely mentions me. Well, yeah, clearly you the, weren't if they didn't mention you. He was like, I, my book was the top seller at Anarchapulco 1. It's like, yes. okay, were you the only one selling a book at Anarchapulco 1? It's like, who calls it a bestseller of a conference? That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Like, Alu, you should start putting that on his books. My book was the best-selling book of Porkfest. It, it, it probably was. Yeah, it would be true. But he was also the only person there who was selling books. I'm going to make him a shirt that says that. <laughs> like, who goes to Anarcho Polko or, Pork, or the Porcupine Freedom Festival to buy a bunch of books, right? No no one does that. I mean... Yeah. And most of the time, I, I tend to leave these things with a healthy collection, with more books than I came there with, because I generally don't bring books. But I usually leave with like one or two or three new books and... It's not because I bought them. It's because someone ended up giving them to me at some point or something I'm, like that. I'm not dissing like all of her selling books or something like that. I, what all I meant or the guy, uh, right. Howard, for selling books. I'm just saying that's a weird claim because I mean, I could say my, you know, I passed out flyers at Social Sunday and my, you know, it was the top selling pass out. Okay. No one else was passing out flyers, were they? You know what yeah. I mean? That's a good it point. is a I weird flex. I was the top wine salesman of Forkfest. And nobody years would ago. think to call it that. Like, if you're the only one. But you, what were you going to say about Howard? That he called us uh, disinfo agents? Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the word? Uh, it wasn't disinfo. Oh, controlled agents. opposition. That's it. So yeah, I free kind talk of have line. to watch it now so I can have that conversation with him. Like, will someone tell the FBI that? Because I don't think they got the menu, <laughs> right. the memo. <laughs> 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. There is more coming up. That's 603-283-6160. It is 
Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And we're talking about people self-silencing, hiding from one another what they actually believe. And this is what caused everyone, virtually everyone, to be surprised about Donald Trump winning the 2016 presidential campaign. Because I remember going into it, you weren't allowed to openly say that you liked Donald Trump without immediately being called a racist. You know, whatever your reasons were for liking this guy, if you said anything positive about him, you were derided as a racist by often your friends and family. People ended friendships, threw people out of their family, stopped having anything to do with them because of their political affiliations. And it's just become so polarized and no one wants to hear someone say that they disagree with them. But then, you know, people go into the voting booths and suddenly there's no one there to judge them. Then you end up with President Donald Trump. So I couldn't believe the people that I would have never guessed it from that one after another slowly admitted to me that they voted for Donald Trump that lived in San Antonio, like people I just would have never expected it from just so many people. Because they can't talk about it. Nope. The best predictor of private behavior is private opinion, and this is why it matters. People's actual views are far more likely than their stated views to drive consumer and social behavior and voting. And this is one of the things I hear a lot. You know, go woke, go broke. People, People are on the right enjoy saying right now and i don't know if that's true no i I I think it's the opposite i tend to think it's exactly the opposite the more woke disney gets the more money disney's making i I realize they want it to be that way but the my pillow guy they're not exactly bankrolling at this point right donald trump's not exactly in his best spot that he's ever been in Mm. so i i don't know that it's true that there's this huge pushback against woke culture i realize they want it to be true From what I can tell, that's not really the case. When we're misreading what we all think, it actually causes... I think it depends how cringy they do it. Because the, uh, what's it called, Mulan movie that came out did really bad. And it was just like, so cringy woman power. But then the Prey movie that came out was all about like, I'm a woman and I don't want to just be a hunter. I mean, a gatherer, I want to be a hunter. And nobody believed in her. But it's done so well. You don't feel the whole time like... Ugh, this is just another woman power movie. It's like if they do it really cringy, like Mulan was just. Well, a isn't fail. that the whole story of Mulan though? Is that you know she wanted to be? She, yeah, but, like Joan of Arc, but yeah. Asian. But I mean, Mulan, that was the story. The cartoon one, they made it like she was still you know like a woman. She had to try really hard, and you know, but, but she it, had to pretend to be a man because they didn't accept her as a woman. Yeah, but in the. In the new one that came out, it was just like, oh, it's so easy for her. She just, you know, she she had some training and now she's just fighting off a whole army. Wow. So girl, girl boss, it was just cringy. I've only seen reviews of it. Never actually watched it. I hate how they remake all those movies. Like, don't remake my favorite Disney movies, please, because you keep ruining them. I mean, there's just no character arc. She was just like yeah. badass woman from the start. And she in 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 the cartoon, it's like she's like unsure, but she has to do this for her family because she doesn't want her dad to have to go to the war instead they and that's one more male. inspiring you know that's oh, yeah. more relatable 
I mean, to be fair, though, none of us have seen the remake of Mulan, though. I've seen multiple trailers about it because people <laughs> love to hate it so much. I haven't seen the actual movie, though. I've seen a lot of people hating oh, on the Reviews. Mermaid, re- the Little Mermaid remake, right? The live action version of that because they I got a black, they got a black girl to play Has the it Little come Mermaid. Out? I don't know. Oh, did they? I do want to see uh, it because I, I like her. I forget her name. Chloe something. But there are so many people who are upset about this. It's just mind boggling to me that they're having the, an actual argument about the skin color of a fictional character. It, it is a, it's not even a human. It's a mermaid. Yeah. It's like, what, how do you know what a mermaid would look like if there were mermaids? Well, and it makes sense. If there are white mermaids and there are white people, then it makes sense that there are probably black well, mermaids just there like there was, are black people. There was a black mermaid in the first cartoon version of the little mermaid what they're pissed about is the fact that it's the main character and she's supposed to be a white ginger yeah but and now she's black so it's like ruining the whole storyline which really it's just their deep-seated racism that they can't confront i'm not racist it's just she's supposed to look this way well clearly you are because this doesn't matter it 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 doesn't doesn't affect the story at all it doesn't say that she was a red or white ginger in the book by hans christian anderson that first came out with she also dies in the book so it's like yeah and it's really messed up i don't (laughs) like i've never read the book but i can imagine it's pretty messed up the ending is not fairy tales were pretty messed up she turns into sea foam she, so that every time away. you go to the beach, you're like, "Ew, this is a little mermaid." So she doesn't even get her wish in the book. I probably need to. No, she dies. Point. Yeah, they murder okay. her. Wow. I think she like gets the wish for a while, and then I think the story, the thing is supposed to be kind of the same as the Disney, but they made it less sad. They, oh, you might not actually want your wish. Oh wait, no, she gets her wish in the in the cartoon. I don't know, but I don't remember the cartoon. I mean, I was like, what four years old the last time I watched the cartoon of Little Mermaid, and I remember it was it wasn't objectionable. I didn't. I love it. They weren't singing songs time. about how gloriously white Ariel is. So no. I, I can't yeah. imagine the live action they're going to sing any songs about how gloriously Ebony the new one is. And it's just like okay, so are, the assertion here, I suppose, is that. A black actress shouldn't be allowed to play the Little Mermaid. And to me, that's just a such a horrifically gross statement that if they stopped to process that argument, I don't know how they could possibly stand by because that's what they're saying when they say, oh, well, no, she has to be a white ginger or whatever. Wait a minute, time out. So you're saying that black people can't be Little Mermaids? That, that to me that's horrifying and they Why? just want to say not? like like nikki said they just want to say no no you can make a new movie about a black mermaid but you can't ruin our old one but what's ruining it see that's where they it comes out where you know they're obviously just being and racist it's like what's what's hurting your childhood memory of the ginger one it's not even that right they'd say you got to make a new one or whatever but that's what they're doing because let's be realistic uh the author what was his name of the original Hans book? christian anderson yeah he didn't write the movie the the cartoon version. He's the, dead. the cartoon yeah. version is fan fiction, and it can be interpreted however that fan wants it to be. And there the was live a, action uh, remake. Yeah, the live action remake is just a fanfic. That's yeah. all these things are, and they have all the pitfalls that all other fanfics have as a result of that. So maybe this fan fiction of Harry Potter imagines him to be gay and making out with Ron. Okay. Well, that's that fan's interpretation of the work, and it doesn't bother me. No, so it doesn't bother me either. If it's a good story, it's a good story. But you do have things like uh, J.K. Rowling, who are going the complete opposite direction, or just going completely insane, sharing things that no one ever cared about. And you know, yeah. nobody freaks out about this, because it's just such a great movie, and who cares? But 
Um, I Am Legend was he the main character. I can't remember his name. Like Neville, he is played by uh, Will Smith in the movie. And I tried to read the book that it's uh, based off of, but I never finished it. And I think the book is called Omega Man, or it could be something else, but or just Legend, something like that. But I don't remember what the book is called. I think it's also called I Am Legend. Well, e- either way, it starts off uh, saying like first page. It's like Neville was a uh, small. German man. And it's just like, who cares that they made him into a black guy in the movie? I was like, oh, that changes my uh, thought about him reading the book. Like, I don't well, know why I just black assumed Germans. He I mean, are there though? But I think it was talking specifically sure, I mean, a black person who lives city. in German Germany. I think it was yeah. it was impl- it was talking about his ethnicity. Like it was you. describing yeah. how he looked. And plus, he's from New New York or something in the book so i don't think he's like from germany but, but is it because that's crucial to the story or is it just because that's how the author pictured him because the author himself yeah. is white yeah right? it's, it's probably something like that they were just describing they wanted to describe this character they made up and it doesn't ruin the movie at all for will smith to be black it's an awesome movie i like that movie i hate saying it but when i read a fictional book it's just and i picture these characters that I, they're all white. I, 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 I don't know if that's because I'm projecting myself onto them. I'm not trying to be racist or anything like that. But when I, okay, here's this, here's it's this what you wizard in this see. story. I don't imagine, okay, well, like, clearly he's, he's Hispanic. It, it just doesn't cross me. I generally don't picture people to that extent when I'm reading about them. But even if I did, it, they would be white. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's just because it's not going to then hurt me for the author to go, oh, by the way, their skin was, you know, Ebony. It's like, all right, well, let's change the picture in my brain. Yeah. Or it's a story that I've read. And then, you know, as you mentioned with uh, I Am Legend being portrayed by Will Smith. Okay, well, I love Will Smith to death. So that's even better. Right. You got an actor I love. So people are being misleading and it actually destroys social trust, says Todd Rose, co-founder and president of Populous, which is a Massachusetts based firm that undertook the study. It tends to historically make social progress all but impossible because People can't share what they actually think, so they can't have actual conversations and dialogue and get things moving. People are often more moderate than they'll readily admit when being pulled toward a vocal fringe, whether left or right. Well, that's good news. People tend to be more moderate than what you actually encounter online, which is good because what I mostly encounter online tend to be a lot of trolls who exist on the fringe and on the extreme. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever you want. 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. And one of our viewers on YouTube has pointed out that Hans Christian Anderson published The Little Mermaid in 1837. And so, odds are, the way he pictured her, she was probably not black. And that, that's that's true. Uh, things were pretty backward back in 1837. And I can't imagine a progressive author coming forward when in writing yeah. The Black Little Mermaid. But I also don't find it very likely that Hans Christian Anderson. again, I haven't read the book. I'm tempted now to actually read the book. I don't know if I really want to waste my time doing that, though, but I tend to think there was probably no mention of Ariel's skin color whatsoever in the novel. I don't know that. 
but that's what my gut feeling tells mm, me. I don't remember. I read the book, but I don't remember. Because I've read a lot of stories, uh, and I can think of a few that specifically mention like the skin color of the character. Like there's the uh, Dristo Erden series written by R.A. Salvatore, which features a drow elf and drowned elves in Dungeons and Dragons are notorious for having black skin and white hair. So it makes sense that they would bring up the skin color of this character. But for the most part, I don't think it's ever really come up. They might say, oh, this person has chestnut hair or whatever. Okay, but we're dealing in a fantasy world with like elves and stuff here. I have a pretty easy time picturing a, a, a black chick with blonde hair. It's, it's not damaging the fiction at this point to imagine yeah. these possibilities. But again, you know, I don't know. Skin color doesn't really cross my mind when I'm reading fiction. I'm more engaged in the story and stuff like that. And it's not going to hurt me if a character is one skin color or another. But we do have Penguin, uh, Mortified Penguin on the line. Uh, Penguin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing? Uh, you guys are looking great on Cam. Thanks. What's Thanks. on your mind tonight? Uh, um, actually, um, I know we don't. Uh, necessarily talk about it too much, but uh, libertarian uh, messaging and like the libertarian party, um, you know, they exist and they certainly, um, you know, generate a lot of press or a lot of buzz because they have, I guess, access to a lot of eyes and ears. So the libertarian um, party it, does. Yeah. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, compared I, to us, they, they, sure. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> when people most average un. You know, just regular run-of-the-mill folks think of libertarian. A lot of people think of, oh, that's that party, like the party and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, or well, like, the average person is out the... there going, we need a third party in the United States. So, I mean, they don't even know the libertarian party exists. Yeah, maybe like one step above average, but <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, when they, when they hear like the idea, like, oh, uh, li- what is you know, libertarianism? So, like, the party, you know, I mean, it's the, I guess, the default kind of thing. That's what you would think, absent other information. But it seems like ever since the parties come under, you know, new leadership, kind of in the, on the state levels and national and ever, and I'm kind of on the sidelines, just been following that kind of stuff on social media or whatever. Um, seems like they've really kind of pushed a lot of their message to just kind of dumb trolling and just um not just not just trolling to piss people off or offend people but also just kind of playing dumb just to cut just to kind of in what way because i don't pay any attention to the libertarian party i used to and i used to be so passionate about but then i moved to new hampshire and i was like oh yeah i don't like purposely follow it but i see it on uh twitter so for example um yeah i can't remember what exact tweet i was about to i don't have anything against the libertarian party it's just I don't see it as a very valuable vehicle for a t- uh, for achieving the goals that I want to achieve. So to me, it's like you know, I'm I'm happy to see this them doing their thing over there, and but I don't think it's going to be successful. And I think the thing that I'm working for toward is significantly more successful and has a track record of being successful. And this doesn't mean they can't run their little race over there and do what they want to do, but it would be more successful. We would all be more successful if we poured our resources together into one thing. And the thing that I'm doing is demonstrably more successful than the thing that they're doing. So if one of us is going to abandon what we're trying, it should be them, not me. I think that they're purposefully, I mean, I don't want to be one of those people who says anyone who isn't, uh, doesn't agree with me 100% or isn't, you know, as pure with the ideology is you know, what is the word that Howard called us controlled opposition? It's, it's not that I think that they are purposefully controlled opposition, but I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm in the Libertarian Party now. This is all I have to uh, work towards. And it's just like it 
might have been created as a way for people to end up in the cul-de-sac before the gold mine, as people like to call things like the New Age movement. Um, well, it's it, they I don't call know it that, what that means. They call it that because it's like somebody starts searching for truth, right? They get they get on the right path, and they're like, uh, you know, finding out all this stuff. Hey, I didn't realize that the the FBI did this in the past. Wow, they're actually maybe bad because they uh, got. Um, turned on to that because Trump's house got raided. So they start looking into it. Then they end up finding the Libertarian Party and they're like, oh, I've done it. I figured everything out and th- that's all I have to do. I have to vote Libertarian now. And I just don't see it being a solution like Arya is saying. And I think that whether the people who are in it right now are purposefully controlled opposition or not, I think that when their um, type of things on Twitter, like their tweets are getting ridiculous um, I, I don't want to like call anybody out because it's not like I think anybody's doing anything on purpose. I just think that people need to stop being so comfortable and being like, oh, I, I'm a libertarian. I'm going to vote libertarian and that's it. Like, do you have a community? Do you know how to use uh, weapons? Do you, do you like some people don't take it seriously enough? Like, I think that the stuff that I'm talking about on Free Talk Live is more like life or death serious. Like, I don't think it's just, oh, I found the right party and now I can uh, hang out and you know, say stupid like taxation is theft on Twitter and just get <laughs> likes. You know, well, the Libertarian Party it's largely West effort. Like, do these people genuinely believe that they're going to go from what two point one percent of the popular election to you know forty percent in the next in in our lifetime? Do do people genuinely believe that they're going to see a Libertarian representative or a Libertarian senator or a Libertarian president? It's never going to happen. I'm not quite sure, but um, I think there's a lot of different ideas about what m- might come of it. But, I mean, I think it does have potential as just a vehicle for – it could if as a vehicle for, like, um, I don't know, public relations or just kind of getting the meme as an, in the original sense of the word, the idea of – I mean, if they were uh, good at public relations, there, but then you end up yeah. with Bill Weldon and Gary not. Johnson who – not only are they are they bad at conveying the message, but the message they're conveying is not libertarianism. And I think that's the Real problem. Bar, all them. Yeah. You know, the the message is getting a little muddy and it's just getting watered down where a lot of the people in the libertarian party, I'm sure by our standards, aren't quote unquote real libertarians. You know, they're they're very statist. But to run for office, you have to be. Because you're playing, I I mean, mean, I I don't want to say it like that, but you're playing the statist game. So clearly you believe in the state if you're, because if you didn't, you would just ignore it and live your life. Even Joe Jorgensen was like so milk toast. I was just like, they had such an op, this is the things that can't, I mean, I can't help but think of them as like controlled opposition, whether everybody involved knows about it Mm. or not. It's just like they could have, they had such an opportunity in 2020. It's like they ran the Democrats ran Joe Biden and we ran Joe Jorgensen. That's just ridiculous. Like, I, I can't even imagine a worse choice. I'm sorry. It's just like, oh, let me do something milk toast. Oh, so no way, worse choices. What? They've, they, they've had they've had worse choices in the past. In Joe there weren't very many worse choices. CIA, but like in 2016, in 2016, they ran Gary Johnson. Like if ever there yeah, was a was year to run John McAfee, it would have been 2016. Yeah. He would have stood out as well, the sane rat and John McAfee standing out as the sane rational person. That's exactly what you want from an optic standpoint, right? 
And he's only going to do that against crazy people like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. Or Donald Trump and Joe Biden. But yeah, I think he already left the country by then or so he couldn't have done it in 2020. But just somebody else like him who's really even like, I don't know, Spike Cohen being the president instead of the VP would have been so much better than no, freaking it wouldn't Milk. Have, no, I think they were Cohen playing the thinks, woman card. Spike Cohen thinks that activism is tweeting at government bureaucracies and he thinks that some... I watched this guy stay at the Libertarian National Convention uh, in uh, Reno. One of the few moments I cleared it, I tuned into it, say something to the effect of, and we're going to continue making government employees miserable on social media. Yeah, that's and pathetic. The child I'm like, that was the most pathetic. That's your rallying cry? Dude, the government employees aren't paying any attention to this crap you're tweeting at them and commenting on it. It's, it, I don't know if it's controlled opposition, but you couldn't be a less effective activist than Spike Cohen. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live with Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki. As soon as I unmute myself, that is. And that's the first time I've ever failed to unmute myself. <laughs> it's not too uncommon that we miss one of the other buttons, but usually it's pretty easy to hit the one that we're on. But as inflation hits another 40-year high, it's actually down this year, this month, to 8.5% versus Last month's 9.1% or whatever. But I don't even believe these numbers. Like, where are these numbers coming from? I don't believe it. And the, in like the 1980s, they recalculated how they're going to calculate inflation. And this is a, so it's all fake anyways? It, it's all fake, right? And it's all nonsense. And it's very difficult to care anything about it. We all know prices are going up. We all know that your soft drinks are getting smaller, your bottles of water are getting smaller, your bags of chips, your food, your portions, everything is getting smaller and the prices for them are going up. You can turn you should turn to gold and silver to diversify your funds at bullionmax.com. They're a direct to consumer precious metals retailer that can help you diversify into gold and silver and that gives you security for your family in times of crisis. I love the gold bag for exactly this reason. However, you, you can't just melt down the gold back to get the gold out of it. Well, you could try. No, they actually have a thing about this on... I, I <laughs> They're think like, UP, please don't do this. Yeah, uh, on UPMX, maybe? It's one of the... You, UPMA, like, right? Yeah, that's what I meant, UPMA. And one of these places, they like specifically point out, hey, look, no, it doesn't work that way. We're talking on the level of atoms here and stuff like that. You just, mm. You're not you going to, to get usable gold. Like a really hot crucible or something like I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember all of the specifics, but it won't work. But this is why I also have silver, mm. which is just pure silver that I got from a friend of mine named Silver Dave. So I, I don't know that the silver is legit, but he's got a pretty good reputation that I'm banking on, and it's legitimate silver. But you may not have those connections like we do here in New Hampshire, so you should go to bullionmax.com. Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. You can get their silver starter kit at employee pricing at bullionmax.com slash FTL. That's bullionmax.com slash FTL. And it includes a 2022 Silver American Eagle, a Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar. I think they said that was five ounces of silver. I don't remember now. But check it out at bullionmax.com slash FTL. And every single night that we do this live read here on the show that I'm on, I'm like, man, I'm going to go home and I'm going to buy me one of those right now. I'm going to have to do it during the break here or I'm going to end up going home again tonight and forgetting about it. And then I'm going to be here next Monday going, man, I dusted 
getting it at the employee rate is a pretty big deal, right? Like, I can get silver at pretty much the actual cost of silver because I, I know a, a silversmith. But when it comes to, like, the gold back, there's a mm-hmm. significant premium there. Well, and also the the silver rounds are a bit different. What is, you know, uh, typically, what is the buffalo round? Because they mentioned that, but I've never heard of it. Well, it's just a coin. So okay. what I mean is buying like melted down silver bars versus the like actual coins. Yeah. I think typically the coins are worth a little bit more. I believe it. So before we got into talking about that, we were talking about... Uh, oh, I wanted to clarify here that... Uh, I, I said going out to break this bill that you couldn't be a worse activist than Spike Cohen or something to that effect. That was badly phrased. Look, the guy does some really, he speaks in front of city councils and he, he does some actual hardcore activism that is worth paying attention to. But that's not the stuff that people think about when they think about Spike. They don't think about Spike Cohen standing up in front of a, a board of education explaining why, why this policy or that policy is bad. But he does do those things. And it's great when he does those things. And that's the level of activism that I love seeing in the world and that you should be doing here in New Hampshire where you actually stand a chance of being successful at that because there's four or five other people standing behind you ready to say exactly the same things to the Board of Education instead of just being one person in a group of 50 and everyone else there disagrees with you. But he does do some amazing activism. However... The social media stuff is not activism. It's a waste of time, and I cannot get behind it or respect it from the, from a standpoint of an activist. It's just not activism. Government employees are not seeing your comments and your tweets, and even if they are, they don't care. But chances are they're not seeing them. They, they post their thing and they go. Right. You know, I always see people post like people. This is always an argument within libertarians and anarchists on the internet. People are like. Well, they will say to people who say what you're saying, and really, I'm ambivalent. I like to have these conversations, so if people get annoyed with me for arguing on on Twitter, it doesn't really, it's not hurting me like I, I like to do it. And once I get tired of it, I meet the conversation and move on. It's not like, oh, I spend all hours of my life, you know, it's, anyways. But no, if someone wants to do that with an actual person on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, that's fine. I don't care. I mean, and trolling. And someone wants to troll well, the government employees, because, you know, then you're going to have people come in and see those responses that they otherwise wouldn't have seen. Like, hey, maybe yeah. this person has a point. I'm, I'm on board with all that. But to stand there and say, you're actually achieving something. Like Trolling you're is not making, activism. Well, and that's what he said at the Libertarian National Convention. Was, and we're going to continue making government employees miserable on social media. It's like, dude, you're not, though. Yeah. You're not having any effect whatsoever. I would say, like, just to play devil's advocate, but really, like, I don't think it's activism either. I would just say that as long as you're doing something else and that's not like your only activism, then, you know, one thing you are possibly doing is getting somebody else who reads it to think for the first time about a, a, a opinion that's usually not put out there. But I wouldn't say, oh, if you just sit at home, you don't live in New Hampshire, you don't do anything but register with the Libertarian Party and troll on Twitter, like you're just not doing it enough. That's another canary before the gold mine. People probably feel like they're making a big difference in life and they're just like, they need to you know, ramp it up, I think. I would absolutely agree. However, most people are more moderate than they'll readily admit when being pulled toward a vocal fringe, according to Axios.com in this study. They're talking about the gap between real and stated views can have a generational impact because media amplifies perceptions that then cues young adults 
this generation's illusions tend to become next generation's private opinion. And I really wish they explained what they meant by that. But of course they did it because it's shoddy journalism, because that's what we live in in 2022. Yeah, that could be interpreted different ways. Respondents were provided with a mix of traditional polling questions and other questions what? using a list experiment method or item count technique. Good God, what are they even talking about? It's like when, you know, you put one for most important, then you put another one. You're like, oh, this is my second most important. Oh, so like they have you do it like, you know, whatever job interviews and stuff. Yeah. They probably could have phrased that a lot better than like... That's just my guess. I could be wrong. On abortion, the study found men are much less likely to privately agree with the idea that the choice to have an abortion could, they make this confusing enough, should be left to a woman and her doctor. Weird. So they agree or they disagree? I don't know. They could not possibly have worded (laughs) that worse, right? So 45% of men say... That the idea that the choice to have... I hate it. Why do people write like this? It's nonsense. Okay, Republican... I, moving on. On COVID-19, only 44% of women privately feel that wearing masks was effective at stopping COVID-19. See, that's a clear statement. That's still statement. Like, kind of like half. Yes. So it, half it people think half. it works, half people think it doesn't. Well, a little... But it, it's even like more a little less, nuanced but. because they're talking about people who... Won't say it out loud, right? Their but- numbers here add up to 110%. 63% felt that masks did work versus 44% who felt that they didn't. That's 110%. That's beyond the threshold of your margin of error here. Uh, I've got to gotta find something better to talk about. I hate this article. Please, journalists, do better. It is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And Nikki, you had the story about lithium Mm -hmm. mining and how it can be worse for the environment. Because lithium mining, that's the... That's what is put in the batteries that the Teslas use and the Priuses use. Yep. I don't know what other cars Probably are. like solar panels and stuff. Most of the... Oh, and um, windmills, which are horribly inefficient and shouldn't even be a just... thing. It's just the batteries that used to... I'm pretty sure they're in windmills, too. Okay, I didn't realize they weren't needed. Lithium batteries are used in a lot of things. Well, I and, know my phone uses like a lithium-ion battery. Yeah, right? most things do. I, I don't know why that is, you know, I... I changed my major from physics, so I, and I didn't really care about chemistry in the first place. But what, what are the property of what, what are the properties of lithium that makes it so good for batteries? I don't, I don't know. I've never given. I any don't know that either. It. All I know is I'm sick of people telling me that combustion engines and using gasoline and other fossil fuels are really bad for the environment. Yes, those things are probably bad for the environment, and we're probably using too much of it. But what really pisses me off is how people are spewing that everyone needs an electric car because electric cars are going to save the world and it's going to prevent global warming. So now we have to have all these crappy cars with automatic transmissions and all these robots inside of them instead of having cars the way they were meant to be. 
This is why I'm pissed off about it because one, they're ruining cars. <laughs> Two, they're lying. They're they're it's it's a control thing. It has nothing to do with the environment. I have a friend who has an electric car. And he had an electric car, and then he got an electric motorcycle at some point. I don't remember exactly, but he made a very lengthy post on Facebook that was it was just a full breakdown of his experience with these things. And one of the things I remembered most about his post was that you know he was describing it. It, it it's very limiting in what you can and can't actually do. Like if I'm if I'm at work and I'm suddenly you know what I'm gonna go to Boston tonight when when I get off work. Okay, fine, that's easy to do. I can just stop anywhere and buy some gasoline. It takes five yeah. minutes. But if you're in an electric car, no, no, you have to wait thirty minutes for it to charge up at best. Right? Yeah, like seriously. And what are you gonna do for thirty minutes? And you're like, did you budget that in your in your energy calculus for the day when you left the house? Probably not. So you're going to have to include that. Maybe you won't make it. And then he talked about, you know, how weather could change and stuff like that. So it could be fully charged when he got to work. And then on his way home, it was down to like 25%. And sure, it's still moving at that point, but it's turned the heat off on him. So now it's 20 degrees at night. He's driving without heat and there's no way to turn it back on. And and don't get me wrong. I do think electric cars should be a thing because I believe in freedom and I believe in the free market. So if people really want these goods, it should be available for them. But it's just really cringy that all of this renewable energy, you know, it sounds nice, right? Windmills, solar panels, all of these things sound really nice. And I used to to buy into this stuff. I used to think that it was going to save us all and it was going to make a difference and it was the future and it was good. And then I learned about how all of this is a lie and how lithium mining is very detrimental to the environment. And they're essentially having slaves digging up working in these mines. Well, not so, to mention, you know, what what is lithium mining and these batteries and these green alternatives like windmills and solar? What are they saving us from? You know, as you mentioned, you know, we global warming. We were pollution. told that they were going to save us. They were going to save the planet. From what? Well, and also, let's think about what do you do with a lithium battery once it's broken or dead or doesn't you, do you know how to recycle a lithium battery? No, you throw it outside before it explodes, right? Yeah, you Bury can't it. you can't yeah, you you have to put it in a landfill. You can't recycle it, so it's... I wonder why they can't be recycled. It seems like they'd be able to get the lithium out of it and reuse it or something. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert you on know, this. And I don't know everything about them, but I've... Another thing with the windmills, the same thing with why the windmills are kind of a failed experiment that California can't get let go of. Because once you... It's just so expensive... To get rid of them and to repurpose these things that it's like not even worth it. Oh my God, I saw the worst picture ever on uh, Twitter or something. It was, I, I never considered this ever. You know, um, those solar panel like fields that are covered in whole bunches of yeah. solar panels. There was a picture of them all completely shattered, like a whole bunch of them all shattered. It said um, solar panels after a hailstorm. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I would think never they would be more that. sturdy than that. They looked, it, it was just destroyed they were ruined and and you know don't get me wrong i will probably put solar panels on my house i want to you know i so i'm not totally against it i'm just you know let's not pretend like this is a foolproof solution and we need to get rid of using oil and gasoline and and you know I, i i recognize that these things are dirty and they're not great for the environment but let's not pretend that lithium mining 
is great for the environment. Either How way, you know, there there are better solutions out there and I don't think lithium batteries are going to save us. I think we should stop acting like there's just like, you know, two options and uh, research into things that, you know, people get told they're crazy for just uh, bringing up in scientific community. I think we need to reject scientists and everybody just needs to start like from the scratch, like the yeah. things I've been reading in The Secret Life of Plants, the book I keep bringing up because I've been reading it for like two months. Every time somebody discovers something new, every single time the scientific community attacks them. They can't talk about it because they can't get into any, you know, good journals because the scientific community is just like, that's uh, wrong. And then later, like two decades after the guy dies, they're like, okay, we admit that it's actually true now. And it's just like, I don't think there should be people controlling. Like, if somebody wants to uh, figure out if we can run cars on water, they should be allowed uh, to. He did, and with they it. killed him. And, yep, exactly. They killed the guy in, in Buffalo, or what was it? Uh, but, maybe. And the other thing is nuclear. People will just uh, call you, you know, racist and uh, bigot or something if you suggest that maybe nuclear is a better option. So, I mean, on the subject of academia and these fake papers, it, it always reminds me of this um, three scholars who wrote 20 fake papers using fashionable language, right? Mm. And they argued for ridiculous conclusions, and they submitted these to actual scientific journals. And if I remember correctly, okay, here it is right here. Only six of them were rejected. So <laughs> oh. of these, of How these many were there? 20. So 20 completely bogus, fake scientific papers written just using fashionable language, right? Leftist language is how I'm assuming that to be. 14 of them were actually published in these serious peer-reviewed journals. Peer-reviewed, eh? Yeah, I'm sure those are peer-reviewed, all right. That's the point that science is at in the United States. This is why no one can pay off their college debt, because if you're... Uh, you know, if you went to college and it made you actually worth anything in society, then you'd be able to pay off your freaking debt. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's get into this article a little bit. So, dear Earth Talk, why is lithium mining so bad for the environment? That's what we want to know. Lithium is called white gold for a good reason. The metal's value has been growing exponentially over the last several years, in large part because it's an essential component of lithium iron ion batteries themselves indispensable in several key sustainable technologies where energy storage of where energy storage is of utmost importance as electric cars wind and solar power have grown into major players in the energy industry lithium has become key to engineering a future free of fossil fuels but acquiring lithium comes at an enormous cost as with most metals its mining is destructive It often works like this. Briny water containing lithium as well as salts and other metals is pumped to the surface from underground aquifers and mixed with fresh water. So I was curious why lithium makes good batteries. Evidently, it's just highly reactive. It readily loses its outermost electron. Oh, let's bury a whole bunch in random cities. Let's give it to the (laughs) bipolar people. Mm, Oh, that's right. They they did that, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah. they still do. Really? Still? Yeah. We're going to talk more about lithium mining, so hang on for that. There is more coming up. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in on what you think about the environment and how we might save it. That's 603-283-6160.
It is Free Talk Live with Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And I want to say thank, I want to say thank you to Michael, who is tonight's amplifier. That's the, that means that Michael is a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. All we ask is $5 per month. That gets you in. Michael, however, is a platinum-level amplifier, which means that my, Michael is giving $25 per month to the program. Again, we don't ask that. It's amps.freetalklive.com. It says for advertise, market, promote, and support. So if you value the show, if you want to help us get on more radio stations, all of that great stuff, joining the AMPS program is the best way to do it. And it does come with a number of cool little perks, some of which we may be revisiting here in the number near future. Not to change them and make them worse, but to actually make them better. So you might want to check that out. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Michael, thank you so much for your contributions. Let's go to the phones. We have El Conejo on the line from Nebraska. Uh, El Conejo, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, I've got you muted. Hold on. I don't even know when I hit that button. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, I was just calling about a really exciting development with Monero, uh, the leading privacy coin. Yep. Oh, I, um, I want to hear about this. I heard that there was some kind of an upgrade, but I hadn't looked into it at all. I love Monero. I can't use it. Yeah. There, but I love it. There was an upgrade, so it's much more secure and faster. Um, and uh, <clears throat> But now uh, there's also, with the official wallets, the My Monero wallet and the Cake wallet, as in like a birthday cake, like Cake wallet. Yeah. Um, both, both of them have a feature now where you can spend... Monero as cash anonymously at 150,000 locations in the United States. Oh, really? Um, yeah. You, you can sign up with a uh, burner email just for receipts to be sent to you, um, but that doesn't have to be attached to your identity, and it works through a gift card. So you go to oh, like bit uh, refill. pretty much any major chain. You enter in the exact amount, that, uh, that whatever the purchase costs. They scan it, and you get 3% back. So That's you're so great. 3%. That's yeah. an incredible development. <sighs> there have been so yeah, many awesome incredible. developments, like like Dash Direct, I think, was another one that came out this year. Like, mm-hmm. There's so many of these awesome things that I wish I could take part in. That's so messed up. It's just, you haven't been proven guilty of anything, and you're just being punished and having your due process just absolutely trampled Guilty until on. proven innocent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems like something that could be worth fighting in court. I, I, I don't know if it's worth it, but I mean, like, can, can you forbid someone from using money? I don't know. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how all of that works. And I get my, my eyes get heavy and I start glazing over when I think too hard about it. But it's all very confusing. It's just frustrating, right, to see all of these awesome developments where people can use Monero, the best privacy coin out there as far as I'm aware. Uh, certainly the most popular privacy coin out there. One of the best developments in tech and fi- finances in my entire life. And now you can use it at 150,000 locations across the United States. So it's a huge development. Just like think of all the people that this is going to save from the 87,000 new IRS agents. Hmm. Like they won't have all these purchases. They have to track and make you uh, explain where you got the money from, if you got the money under the table somehow. That's just great. I don't believe that they're getting that many new IRS agents. Where where are those people coming from? I I hate to think of it, but... Seriously, where'd they find those people? The cities. Thank you so much for the good news tonight. Uh, I always love hearing positive news about Monero. So uh, keep us up. I mean, if you use this service or I wish I kept you on so I could ask you if you use this service or not to test it out. But we do also have Bad Slave on the line from New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you you guys, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, 
uh, Nikki, uh, Bonnie, and, and Aria. Yeah, I, sure. Um, What's on your mind tonight? Uh, the uh, battery thing is that we have intermittent uh, production of electricity with both electric and um, uh, and wind. You what? know, so so you don't get twenty four seven power out of a windmill or or even uh, solar panels. Okay, yeah, so because the, the sun's not so, there and the wind's not there twenty four seven. So the purpose of the battery is to you know store energy to, to store the, the energy okay. when when the wind's not blowing or the sun's not shining, and uh, there's a huge uh, facility in uh, in Australia put up by Tesla, uh, you know, called their Mega Pack or Mega something or other. Uh, mega whoring to the government. Well, no, no, he, 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 this is all purchased. Well, he's a corporation. Probably, so. probably the, uh, you know, the, you know, he builds these things and, uh, and, and the Australian, the Australian government, uh, uh, buys them. Right. Like I said, so, well, uh, you know, welfare whoring. Selling stuff to making money by selling stuff to governments. I mean, well, that's that's part for the course for Elon Musk. <laughs> well, the, the the fact is is that it it is they don't last forever, um, and uh, I I think there is uh, some recycling possible with with the lithium, but but uh, they keep talking about all this. Uh, really amazing technology it's right on the verge of being uh you know produced and uh you know supposed to be cheaper and you know less polluting and all that good stuff but well they've always promised that sort of stuff with energy right i mean that's always the the solution nuclear is going to be more efficient it's going to be cheaper it's going to be less polluting and then it's okay it turns out we were wrong Yeah, maybe not I mean, nuclear back actually. In the, back in the back in the fifties, they made a mistake, and they chose uh, to use the plutonium fuel, and instead of uh, the liquid thorium, liquid um, uh, salt. Well, I, I don't, I don't know about that, but I mean. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Basslight. They do they do this sort of nonsense all the time. It was going to be geothermal energy was the next big yeah. one they were so fascinated about in the two thousand early two thousands. I think yeah, maybe. with like the t shirts. Yeah, and that that went nowhere, right? And yeah, it's, it's just like now your sweat stains are more prominent. It's oh, like well, that, that didn't really work out. <laughs> that oh, that's gross. You know what pisses me off? Like that we don't have those blimps anymore just because there was that one blimp that caught on fire and then everybody's like, Oh, that's obviously dangerous. I think that those well, would the, be the solution there would have been to not fill it with flammable air, I'm right? I'm sure that they could have figured a better way to do it. Yeah, what, what was helium, it called? maybe. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, the Hindenburg. The H- Hindenburg. There were literally people standing up there on the thing like smoking cigarettes and stuff like yeah. that, because to be fair, they're they're not wrong. You do have to have a certain air to fuel ratio in yeah. order to have a combustion, right? I remember 
the Mythbusters making this point, you know, how, what do we have to do to blow up a room full of gasoline? Well, you have, you have to have oxygen there as well. So if, yeah. you, so if you're, there's just hydrogen there, no, it won't combust. But if you get enough oxygen in there with that hydrogen and that open flame, bad things are going to happen. But like helium could have worked. I'm sure maybe. that they, if they didn't just, you know, scare tactic people away from it, then by now some smart person who knows way more about it than me would have figured it out because those things are so cool and they would look so much better going through the sky than like a whole bunch of airplanes and um yeah it just pisses me off that that was taken from us because of us psyops well they still have blimps right like the goodyear blimp that they use at football i thought games. so but not for like you know mass travel like they can make those things way bigger what and- would happen if you made a blimp well how would you where would you get the the air to pump it with right I guess you could if you wanted to, but the the air police would shoot you down. Would they though? Because probably. I mean, I, I don't know. You don't have to actually have a pilot's license to fly a plane, right? I would also like my own. I blimp. think you do. You actually don't. Yeah, if you have a plane, <laughs> yeah, you can just what? fly it, right? There's I think no you need there. a pilot's license. There's no one there to check. I mean, so <laughs> technically, you probably do, but yeah, if there's no one there. To check that, you know, it's not yeah, like the road. Like, I don't need a license to drive a car, but if I get pulled over, I might go to jail. Yeah, but there's, there's no, there's less patrolling in the mm, air. Yeah, so. There's no patrolling. Over. And if you go through one of someone's airspace, like oh, Bradley International's airspace or Boston's airspace or whatever, they're not going to ask you your pilot's license information because they don't care. They're more concerned about making sure that planes aren't colliding with one another. Yeah. To them, you're, whether or not mm. you're licensed is irrelevant. So no one ever asks. I mean, that's how it should be. You show me your pilot's license. You just you just assume that if it's someone like, says, hey, I want to take your plane up, that they're probably licensed. It's like, well, I'm operating this plane just fine. So you can assume that I'm qualified to do so. Blimps yeah. go so much slower. And um, just imagine if we all had like just like medium sized blimps that we kept somewhere. And if we had to travel somewhere, we'd just fly our own blimp instead of going to the stupid airport. Because you could fly them so safely. They go so slow and you could get somewhere faster than walking. I'm just like picturing Bonnie like flying somewhere in a hot air balloon. No, not a hot air balloon. We're out of time for tonight, but you can join us at social.freetalklive.com to carry on this conversation.